We have so many reveals to unpack on this episode. Let's dive into it on After the Arc. Hello and welcome to After the Arc, the official after show for The Arc. I'm Yel Teagle. And I'm Adrian Snow. Adrian. Yes. This episode was so fun. Let's start at the top. Mm-hmm. We have Arc 15 uh, setting a, a shuttle and they infiltrate. Yes. Um, we have, I think, the smartest move Garnett has ever made, which is spacing people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like evil and terrible. But it was smart. It was smart. But ARC-15 is also very smart, too, because they brought someone in on the side, through the side door. Yes. Um, Marco. Honestly, when that happened, mm-hmm. I was like, well, we found a flaw. We should make a note to make sure this can't be done again. Well, <laughs> I mean, it. it's I think that's something that would be really hard to pull off, like because it is one hard to just navigate yourself through space mm. and get to a ship. So it it would be hard to kind of like prevent that from happening again. But they did use it to their benefit in the end to do the same thing to ARC-15. Which, again, I think ARC-15 should have known better. You would think, right? (laughs) Yeah, You would think they'd be like, well, we got to make sure they can't do that to us. Right. But didn't even occur to them. Didn't occur to them at all. They're um, too busy, like, staring at their, their, their art from the Louvre. Yes. So... Kind of like pirates. Yeah. I guess. They loot. Yes. Um, I really enjoyed this whole cat and mouse game mm-hmm. of Arc 15 to um, Arc 1. Mm-hmm. I, I really like these these sneaky, sneaky bits. Um, and I like that we learned so much about Kelly. Yes. Because this one, we see what the plan is. She adds uh, Angus to her hostage pile. Um, she shoots Helena. She shoots Helena. Um, which I was kind of like, woo! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The trust, I don't like them. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I think it's interesting that she shot her, left her there, and, and took trust himself. Yeah. Well, because all they want is trust. So. Right. I just feel like he's, not to be evil, but she is like a, a tool to make him do things you want. I'm not sure they took trust because they want to keep him alive. I think it's more of like, I want to do it myself type of feel, you know? Because mm. we do have Evelyn, and we're introduced to Evelyn Maddox, yes. who is on Arc 15. Um, and is Kelly's mom. Yes. What? <laughs> I love that reveal. I did not see it coming. She's a Maddox, and she got left on Arc 3, too. I was like, dang. Oof. That's rough. Yeah. <laughs> like, But... It's you see like they're very kind of toxic relationship dynamic and how Evelyn just is calling out Kelly for being like very creepy and being like, is this your boy of the week? I'm like, dang, mom. Another boy. You'll like this one. I, if my mom said that to me, <laughs> I feel like, ouch. I really I mean, it's awful. But this this dynamic between the two of them is fascinating. Yes. And very entertaining to watch. So I'm I'm curious to see, like, what they're going to do with those two characters. Now that Angus is kind of just trapped on, on Arc 15. We also get introduced and then lose Marco. Yes. This character, uh, I was like, ooh, uh, like a badass assassin. Yeah, cool. so resourceful. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, Strickland takes him out. With a sword. With a sword. With a sword. 
that sword mm -hmm. is, I'm so glad it came back into play. I'm so glad we got to see him use it. Mm -hmm. I loved that. It's a Chekhov's gun. It like, really, once you introduce yes. it, you have to show it. Yes. I also love that moment between Strickland and Griff. I'll come on. No, you stay here. Why? Because I no longer trust you. What? Why? Why? Seriously? You participated in a coup. I made a wrong decision. I do not have time for this right now. You stay here. You need all the help. I'm sorry. Why don't you trust me? Like, girl, you drugged him. Like, what do you think? <laughs> Let's talk about the drugging because yes. we do have, I think, my favorite moment of this episode, which is uh, when Eva and Bryce have their big fight in front of everyone. Yes. And he is like, What, you know what? Beats the hell out of waking up in a closet because your friend drugs you after having sex with you first. I tried to get you to drink the water before we did it, but you wouldn't. Oh, come on. That I loved it so much. It was so funny. <laughs> and it re like, that's who these characters are. Yeah. And now everyone knows. And I get it. And yeah. I see it. And I'm, as much as I fought this ship, I ship it so hard now. Now you're here for it. I am, I'm so invested yeah. in these two. I, that's why I was like, I think they're just very compatible as people. So I wouldn't be surprised if they were like supposed to be assigned to each other, you know? Mm. Yeah. Let's talk about Kat and Helena and this like really heartbreaking moment. Uh, she believes that Kat had feelings for trust. And that she never acted on them. And that she never them. acted on them. So now Kat has all of this guilt of holding her friend while she died. Yeah. And hearing, thank you for not acting on this. Yeah. Ooh. It's rough. And then also, I, I, thought, I thought that was surprising because the last time we saw Helena, when Trust like burst into Kat's room, and, and Helena gave her like a warning of like, you should find someone else. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, so does she know? So I guess she had her suspicions, but didn't think anything had actually happened. I feel like Helena believes that Kat had feelings mm -hmm. for trust. Yes. And Helena knows that trust... Is a scoundrel. Yes. Mm -hmm. Sleeps around. Yes. I think Helena doesn't want to admit to herself... That that's what's happening. That they've been together. Yeah. Or maybe it's just like Helena being like just the meanest on her deathbed and being Ooh. like, I'm so happy you didn't. <laughs> just to like leave Kat with this like lingering guilt for the rest of her life. That sounds like Helena that and does what sound she like would her. do. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's how it went. That is exactly what she was doing. <laughs> exactly what she was doing. Um, so, but also just to go back to Arc 15, so we have Evelyn. Um, we know she's going after the spider venom. I assume that Evelyn has Clampkins, and that is why she's, like, tracking everything down. Because mm. originally I thought, well, maybe it was just something where they were targeting whatever Ark had trust because they just wanted to kill him for yeah. whatever happened, you know, in the years since they left. Uh, but now I, I, I really do think she also is, like, dealing with Clampkins, and that's why. Because I don't think she cares enough about her daughter. If it were Kelly... Who at Clampkins. Right. I, I don't know if she would care that much to, like, chase it down. Maybe she has a partner. Maybe. Maybe she has a partner we haven't seen yet. Yeah. Yeah. I also just want to say my favorite moment. <laughs> it's very silly. But she was talking about how they stole all this art from the Louvre. Yes. And then she turns the corner. Yes. And there's some, flam like, neon flamingos. And I was like... Ah, uh, Neon Flamingos made it. <laughs> like they're like like Louvre level art. As a big Neon fan, my I, I I enjoyed that. I a hundred percent agreed. It was such a clever moment. Yeah. In that, like, 
everything is like the, the high high end yes antiques yes and then that like entire display just of kitschy like, yes just all the kitschy stuff you would want <laughs> that you don't want to admit that you want you you mean like you want the Mona Lisa no I want the neon flamingo yes and the the ceramic head yes <laughs> I enjoy that I thought that was such a fun such a fun nod yes let's talk about Proxima B being an eyeball planet. Yes. So essentially it's not it's not actually habitable um, because one side is too hot and one side is too cold. And I was kind of blown away that Trust has figured out technology to turn a planet that he's like developed some system that will get it to rotate so that it will eventually even out. But how long would that take? That was my kind of, my big question of so you want to even out the planet to get essentially Earth by making the one side that's too hot colder and the one side that's too cold warmer. What were your thoughts on that? My thought was, if Arc 1 was mm. sent to this planet yeah. originally, why were they sent to a planet they could not inhabit? inhabit? It also makes me think that Ross 128B is probably habitable. So they could probably, yeah, probably have to still go and do two years on the arc to get to that planet, and it will be like Earth two or three or whatever. As soon as they were like, it might be an eyeball planet. Oh, turns out it is. I was yeah. like, then turn and leave, <laughs> leave. Well, because I think the whole point was they sent arcs to different planets, right, to figure out which one was habitable. So essentially, it was like a life mission that people were taking. I guess. I mean, where else would they go? Stay on the Earth that's... Yeah, you're going to go back to Earth. or, But then that also kind of sucks for Arc 1 because it's like the Arc itself wasn't designed to be lived on. Right. Look, I'm going to be honest. I don't think I would have gotten on the first Arc. No, you never do the first one. It's like you never buy the first iPhone. You never (laughs) buy the first Mac. You wait. (laughs) Like, And then you see like all the glitches and then you go, okay, now. Right. I will. That's why like Arc 15, I'm like, yeah. Evelyn was smart. <laughs> she waited to like the very end to be like, and now I will leave and I will take over the ship. Yeah. And be pirates. And be pirates. And also there was that weird moment where they said like a lot of people don't know how to drive the arcs. And so like a lot of the arcs before 15 just <laughs> were people floating in space. Because I, I was like, that's wild. Because people got so desperate to leave that right. people who were not really approved to be traveling or doing space travel were taking over the arcs see this is what i'm saying i think that what which what if i were a person in this future Mm -hmm. i would get on an arc and we would just leave the planet Mm -hmm. and just live on the arc on in space i don't know i guess i just pull a deep impact i like find my loved one and we go to the beach and we just wait for like the world to end (laughs) though because if we go all the way out there we're so hopeful and then we see an eyeball planet but that's what i'm saying just just take your arc above earth nah do you know what happens to your body in space nah no i obviously (laughs) (laughs) all right um let's talk about our big wow moments from this episode uh, what was your, I mean, aside from the neon flamingo, what neon was flamingo your big, all the way. big uh, wow moment? No, uh, the spider venom is secure for clampkins. Mm-hmm. It's a big wow moment for me. Eva and Bryce outing themselves was a big wow moment for me because I didn't think that's how people were going to find out. I, so I really enjoyed that. And then just uh, probably 
like Helena dying in Kat's arms because it's, I wasn't sure if they were, I assumed she would die. Oh, and also Kelly being Maddox's daughter. Maddox's daughter. That was a yes. big moment. Probably even bigger than, than Hel- Helena dying. Really? Yeah. Okay. My big wow moments are Helena's death for sure mm-hmm. and how that affects Kat. Yes. Um, Because now that I'm thinking about it the way you said it, 100% it was a manipulative (laughs) move. Um, I think that uh, Garnett's infiltration of ARC-15 literally using their move against them. Yes. Brilliant. Yep. Um, Kelly being Maddox's daughter, mind-blowing. And uh, there's a quick moment uh, where Cogner and Garnett are on the shuttle and they're about to do their... Real sneak attack oh, infiltration. Yes. Yes. The... Um, this moment where Cogner reveals, well, I think we knew that she was sleeping with Bryce, but I. The, everyone's sleeping with Bryce. Everyone's sleeping with Bryce. And Garnett is like, he's hot. You must have thought about it. Never. Him. Not once. Which confirms my previous theories that she is ace. Yeah, that's ace. That's ace all the way. I love that. I feel like we definitely don't have barely any ace representation in TV. And I think that in a sci-fi show is the place to do it. Yeah. Like we've said, the future, all things are possible. All things are possible and should be possible and definitely happen. Yeah. Thrupples. Yes. Ace. Absolutely. Uh, There is still so much more to happen in this episode. We will keep talking about it. Don't go anywhere. The cast is spilling secrets. Check this out. We get okay. so many reveals in this episode. We know that Kelly is from ARC 15. She takes hostages. And then we find out that she is Evelyn Maddox's daughter. Was this shocking to you when you read the script? Yes. Um, I mean, I knew there was something up going on. You know, I knew there was something up because of kind of what does happen in the episodes leading up to 10. I was like, okay, something's really wrong with this girl. What's going on here? Um, And the reveal that her mom was Evelyn was not what I was expecting, but I think I was kind of prepared for like an explanation for the behavior, you know? But then when I got episode 10, I was like, oh my God. Like, I, I was like, that's brilliant, of course. Because knowing that her mom is behind all of the like, evil crazy that's happening right now that arc one's having to deal with like of course the reason that kelly would want to be you know kind of undercover making making stuff happen would be because of her mom and then you kind of get that understanding of her relationship with her mom and um it becomes very clear at least it did to me very quickly that she's constantly in a position where she's trying to prove herself and kind of earn her mother's respect and earn her mother's love. And um, she feels like helping her mom's cause is going to be the way to accomplish that. And that is why I think she's so easily kills. She kills Helena without thinking twice about it. And I think there's a moment, you know, afterwards where she feels a little bit guilty, but I think, you know, from a psychological perspective, she just sees it as I'm doing what I need to do to help my mother's cause and my mother's cause is the correct one. I think she just kind of blindly believes that what her mother's doing is the best thing for everyone and is what should be done and what needs to happen. And I think there's also this mentality of like, 
if I don't kill, they kill me. And so she's kind of like, I don't have a choice. So in episode 10, not only do we have this like understanding of Maddox, their mom, she's doing this to impress her. She wants her mother's love. But we do see a little bit of a different side of her between uh, her and Angus. We see that she takes him hostage because she likes him. And I'm wondering if she likes him, like she actually has feelings or if she's like, this is a fun toy. <laughs> um, I I did go like a little bit back and forth on this when I was first reading those scripts. And ultimately in kind of talking with um, our director for episodes eight and nine, or she was incredible. We kind of talked a lot about um, that relationship and how was it genuine, was it not genuine? and. I feel like ultimately my conclusion was that to an extent, yes, she does have feelings for him. I think that initially when she starts kind of, you know, messing with him a little bit, flirting with him, like kind of, you know, starting something romantic with him, I think it's purely a manipulation. I think she realizes this is someone who could be useful to my mom. I want to make him my boyfriend and fall in love with haven't fallen with me all of that he's like this is this is important and so i think she goes into it purely for manipulation and nothing else and then i think the more time she spends with him she starts actually develop feelings for him um and i think that we kind of see that a little bit um with the kiss in episode nine um where she kind of think in that moment she's like okay i'm kissing him because i'm manipulating him and she kind of comes out of it and she's like wait I think I actually really like this guy. Hold on. And I think from there, it does kind of go beyond just manipulation. I think she does have feelings for him. And I think also she has such a complicated relationship with love because of her relationship with her mother. And I think that like the idea of having someone that loves her is so important to her um, that, you know, the more her relationship with Angus develops, the more she kind of feels like maybe that could be with him. Maybe he can love me. Um, and I think that's why she holds on to him so tightly. We have Helena's death, um, and it's a real emotional turning point for Kat. Tell me about those scenes and shooting that and holding her in your arms. Yeah, that was a huge, huge turning point for Kat. And it was, I mean, you, you've not seen her that way before. You've not really seen her show her vulnerability like that. So it was a a really different side of cat and we were I remember we were locked in that well not locked in but that was you know what we were selling we were locked in this cell for like hours and hours and she was slowly dying and then she was dead next to me in this in the in the holding cell so it was it was a pretty intense day it felt very cathartic actually because there have been all these things bubbling under the surface and finally they're released and the actress playing Helena Mercedes she's just brilliant and we really helped each other through that and I, yeah, I was I was really pleased with how that went yeah how long did you guys shoot in that holding cell it's two days well actually it was two days with those with, with the shoot when she was shot and dying and then the confession but I think it was actually a week well the whole episode I was in that cell right. so it was it was it was quite a long time and I was sat on the floor and we don't, she doesn't really move from there. So, so it was just like, she was really at her lowest, literally. <laughs> you watch the show, but there's probably some stuff you still don't know. 
Let the cast tell you some secrets from the set. What is a secret that viewers might not know about the set? Mm, that I have really fun socks. Oh. So, like, even though my character is very, like, together, there's something that I really loved about her, especially having curly hair, that, like, there was this, like, juxtaposition of, like, her being quite wild and yet so together. And so a secret of mine is that I always have really fun socks, but no one ever sees them. Like dinosaurs and flowers and flowers with smiley faces. And yeah, the costumers have done an incredible job just giving me like the craziest socks. And I don't even think it was something we initially planned. I think it just started to happen. And then I started to be like, oh yeah, I have really fun socks on. And so there's like times and scenes where I'm like, you knew what socks I would wear. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's very weird. It's a it's a weird one that kind of organically happened, which is I think the best. That's like the best secret. Yeah, from best set. secret. And then also like on the bridge, which is also like one of my favorite sets. Um, there's like they've like made all these like cool things that we can touch and do, and none of us know what we're doing. We're just we're just <laughs> we're just twisting things. But I always, whenever I sit down, will twist this one thing. And I told them, like, don't put anything in front of me or I'll use it. <laughs> They're like, what is it? And we always have this, like, ongoing joke about, like, what it actually does. Mm. So around the bridge is always making up stories about, like, what their, their um, tools actually do. Who knows if that's true? <laughs> we'll find out, maybe. Every time she comes on, she just turns the temperature up a yes. tiny bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you hide on set? Oh, man. I mean, you have to be on it with the shots and know where the camera's going to be pointing. But yeah, you know the Game of Thrones thing when they saw the coffee yeah, the cup? cup? I was like, yeah, rookie mistake. <laughs> you <laughs> know the secrets. Yeah, I know the secrets, yeah. yeah. You've got to find the nearest plant pot. We don't have many plant pots on the spaceship, so it's a lot more difficult to hide things. Yeah. What's yeah. the most creative place you've hidden something? <laughs> on set? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we had these shelves just now. I was hiding some things up on the top shelf because I knew the camera couldn't see it. What did you put up there? Mm, my phone it's very unprofessional that I'm admitting this you know um, and maybe inside one of the helmets maybe at one point yeah because there's a bunch of helmets everywhere so right. if they're calling rolling sand speed you know you can quickly just hide your coffee or something my cup I'm gonna start looking through all the helmets now and you won't find anything now I'm too cunning you won't find anything <laughs> awesome yeah. well one thing for me that I noticed pretty quickly that I was like this is brilliant is that they reuse a lot of the hallways so there's only a couple sets of hallways, but so many of our scenes are shot in hallways. And rather than just keeping, you know, if they keep building hallways, like that's a waste of time, space, money, all those things. So what they do is they like reset them, they redecorate them. So if like now we're supposed to be in the M hallway, there's like an M sign with a map of that corridor. So they like reset it to be whatever like section of the arc they need it to be or like hallway that they need it to be, which I think is very cool. Yeah, also the fact that they're shooting both arcs in one set, so it just gets dressed and redressed every time we switch ships. Um, it's very cool to see. The doors. I recently learned that for the doors to work, because um, they're not automatic, but in the show you'll see them opening and closing. I think there's a person on top and they have like a pulley system, so that opens and closes the doors, and I thought that was just incredible. <laughs> That's fascinating. Yeah. Does it ever bounce when they close? If they do it too hard, there has been a take once where it went like, and then it opened a bit, and we were just like, do we continue? Do we not? Okay. <laughs> but they cut it, so. Okay. <laughs> what is your favorite secret that viewers might not know from the set? This is what I was going to say, that the biodome is real, that the plants <laughs> are real. Like, 
I remember I was meant to film like four scenes in the biodome in like it was like you know in like a few days time I know I had to film like four scenes and then they just like skipped to the ne- next week and I was like oh okay and it was because the plants died <laughs> because we hadn't been in there for so long and I was like wow so now they're having to like redo it all and everything so yeah I was like that's that's pretty cool secret I'd say it's all real it's all, amazing it's all real guys we're actually in space <laughs> everything but the space is real yeah yeah everything but the space everything but the, the space. ship would work but the we're just not in yeah, space absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> what is your favorite secret uh that viewers might not know from set that we shoot in serbia i guess no one's going to know that right we're in space but we're in um we're in this amazing studio uh just outside of belgrade where we've been it's like our home now we've been here for like i say four months so far i knew nothing about belgrade before i came here and then um, i've kind of really fallen in love with it the summer here is amazing it's like 35 degrees every day and thank Thankfully, we film in this lovely air-conditioned studio, so we don't have to worry about that unless it's a day off and then we can go and sunbathe, you know. Like, <laughs> like, uh, if we had to do exterior shots right now, it would be a problem. Yeah, that's going to be really nice to be yeah, in space. You have cool, to be right? inside. It's nice. Like, this feels nice. You know, you have this whole storyline of, of uh, Dr. Kabir's uh, addiction to prescription prescription meds, um, so obviously, like, the pills. Uh, they were completely dissolvable. Like, like they didn't taste of anything. I mean, I oh. wasn't sure that there was nothing in them. So, I was, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, and just things like, you know, like the syringes and stuff. And, like, with the, the needle that is completely, like, you know, it, like, retracts. Oh. So, obviously, it looks like it's going into the skin, but it's not. It's just going back into the... Yeah, like tricks Wow. Like yeah. So, how does... Okay, how does... When you see someone inject something, how does that work if the syringe it just retracts? As in, so it's, you're like, as you're, pr- you're pushing it into the skin, so you have like the, it gives the effect of it going in. Right. But as you're pushing down, mm-hmm. so like the syringe is coming down this way, yeah. but the needle is kind of just staying where it is, but then the, the back of it is going back. Yeah. Side, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So the, if there's a liquid in the top part, where does that go? Oh, we have, there's been sheets for that. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes we'll shoot that scene without the liquid. And then we might have another shot with the liquid. Oh, but wow. But that's not, you know what I mean? So yeah. just cutting those together and stuff like that. Where is your favorite place to nap on set? That's probably my favorite question that you could ask because I am the actor who sees a new, like, couch or something on set. And I'll, like, tell the PAs, I'll be like, guys, if you're trying to find me, this is my nap spot today. <laughs> So it's like every time I'm on set, depending on where we're shooting, I have like a different nap spot in all the different rooms. Um, I think my favorite would be the white couches in the observation deck because they're long, they're pretty like cushy and they like curve. So you can like kind of match your body to it. (laughs) And also nobody ever expects anyone to be in there because it's like this big open space. So it's not like the obvious place if you're trying to like have your own like privacy and take a nap. (laughs) So nobody ever thinks it's anything. They're like, it's right by the entrance. People walk right by it. But that, I like that for sure. But yeah, there's a ton. Um, Angus's room, his quarters, has an awesome bed that's very comfy. Um, there's the little like bunk beds that we see throughout. So comfy. The uh, medical beds in the med bay. Great. 
uh, I want to try the little tubs they have, but I haven't actually gotten in there. I was like, guys, make such a good nap, t- nap spot. And the actors who have sat in them are like, no, <laughs> they're just, they're just basically wood. So like, there's no cushion or anything. I'm like, okay, well, then what we got to do is take the cushion from the bunk bed, <laughs> stick it in there. Also, no one would expect you to be in there. So I think it'd be more like, seriously, I am like, the queen of finding nap spots on set. <laughs> this is the best. Uh, what is your favorite place to nap around the set? These um, sofas on the observation deck. They're like these long white ones. They're really comfortable. Um, and also the, the car. <laughs> In and out of work. I feel like I've got a reputation for just like the, the wheels start turning. <laughs> You're like a child. I am like a child. <laughs> My dressing room. <laughs> Does nobody nap on the spaceship? Not really. Um, <laughs> there have been times where it's been a really, really long day. So I have almost fallen asleep in these chairs. Um, I would probably say I've fallen asleep for about five minutes. <laughs> but I'll get up and try and wake myself up. Um, but mostly dressing room is where I have my naps. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really bad. I wish I was better at napping during the day but I'm terrible at it, even if I'm really tired, which most of the time I am. This is my dressing room. So if on the odd occasion I get to come back here, maybe I'll try and nap, but I always end up just putting Neil deGrasse Tyson on YouTube and watching some science stuff. Where is your favorite place to nap on the set? <laughs> my favorite place to nap? I haven't napped. I've never napped whilst on the set. You know what, I'm not really a nap person. Mm. You know what I mean? Like. I feel like I save all that for when I actually sleep. Sure. <laughs> Is that dumb to say? No, I don't nap either. No, I don't nap. <laughs> no, I tell a lie. I have napped once and it was before I had to do like a huge scene and I felt like so sluggish. I was like, oh my gosh. I've like, I like woke up. They're like, Ryan, you're doing this. You're like ready for you now. And I was like, what, what timeline am I in? Like, oh my gosh. Like, where am I? Oh, I'm in the arc. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then I had to do the scene and I was like, wake up, wake up. So yeah, I've, I've, napped, I've napped once, and I'll never do it again. But where was it? <laughs> it was here. It was- I mean, lunchtime, I'll probably, if I'm exhausted, take a nap, but usually I feel like the adrenaline from everything, I, I'm not that tired, so mm. I don't have a favorite place to take a nap. Richard Fleischman can take a nap anywhere, though, let me tell you. <laughs> that guy, I've never seen someone take naps, like, any, like, we'll be in green room, and he'll just be like, like totally having a conversation with you and then out. Wow. I'm just like, I want that superpower. You know when people are like, what superpower do you want? <laughs> to take a nap anywhere. I think I caught Richard napping once on the bridge. That's what I've heard. I think he put his head down onto one of the, the joystick things, you know? And I got my phone out to try and catch him and just as I hit record, he, was, he woke up. Oh, I'm really lucky. I have a really nice dressing room with a double bed. Uh-huh. I know, I know. It doesn't happen very often. Usually you're on some like cramped sofa at the, at the side of a Winnebago, but I do have a double bed, so like if I'm not around on set, that's where you'll find me. I, I sleep on a washing line, so it's, it's perfect. <laughs> Yale got to know the cast even better, so let's check it out. I am Pavel Jerinic. Uh, I'm an actor born and raised in Serbia and uh, well, what can I tell you? Basically, I'm a normal Eastern European friendly guy who does not have to speak like that, so wrap your head around that. Uh, he's a family man detached from his family and I did become a father like a year ago and that kind of 
obviously puts things into perspective. Basically, that was the crucial thing that just matched. Having that kind of responsibility is... It's tough. So uh, when things go shaky, then we can see that strictness is like a facade for what he has to do, his job, and we see him quite vulnerable. The first meeting I had with Dean Devlin was like, we talked about the character and I told him like that I trained Kendo for years and years. Now it, it puts your you know, mind into a perspective and you have a strong vertical sort of speak. And he was like, Kendo? Yeah, others like Samurai Sword Fight. And he said, we need to put that in a show. And in episode 10, Hoping is Forever, we get to see the sword in use. Uh, we get to see Strickland fight Marco. Tell me about the choreography of this and doing these stunts. Whenever there's a fight scene, I'm happy as a kid. I love doing my own stunts. I mean, that are not particularly dangerous. So fight scenes are something that I, I really enjoy and, and feel really comfortable about it. It was intense, especially because like you have to, it's not easy carrying a sword in a spaceship because of all the walls and, and, and ceilings, which are like, we're cramped. So we had to be really, really precise about this in order not to hurt anyone. The way it's directed, they would let us go like from all sorts of angles. So they would not, I would not stop if there was like some kind of a mistake in choreography in, 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 in a fight. I would not stop. We would move on. We would improvise just to push on and on and on because there's so many angles that they're, they're shooting and then they just combine them in a way that they hide the minuses and, and release all the pluses. Also in, in uh, the second episode, there's, there was a really, in the mess hall, there was a really big fight sequence, which like lasted a whole minute, which might not seem that long, but when you do it like 30 times in full mode, it's, it's something really that, you know, bumps the blood in my veins and, and I feel really, really cool and, and comfortable about it. And I love it. I guess this feels like a silly question to ask, but do you prefer Strickland's fight sequences or do you prefer his intense interrogations? Fight sequences. <laughs> fight sequences, for sure. This season as a whole, we learn about Strickland a little bit more. We know that he has a husband who is now gone. We have He has a daughter that is somewhere. There's still so much more that we can uncover about him. Is there... Um, Something that you know that you are like uh, very excited. Should there be a season two that you're like, I know of something very, you don't have to tell us what it is, but you know of something about Strickland that you are excited that we would get to learn. What is in the script it, Script is what I know. Mm. But no, I, I, I'm really eager to find out uh, should season two come, which I, I, I certainly hope it, it will. But I'm really uh, eager to to find out as well as uh, as the audience, I guess, as you. Yeah. Oh, I am. I am an impatient person. <laughs> I'm <laughs> eager to find out everything. <laughs> yeah, I felt like that when I read the script because whenever I would finish the episode, the new episode, I was like, "What's going on? What's going to happen next? Come on!" 
we're waiting we're eager give us give us some some material we can we can you know eat thinking back on shooting the series uh is there any particularly uh significant scene or or moment that sticks out to you that you remember that we haven't touched upon yeah well i like i like the the relationship between uh, dr kabir and strickland mm. it's fine to see that that well, some kind of a seesaw between those characters. When when she is low, he is there to help her, and when he is particularly low, she is there to help him out. And I really like that. The scene when when Strickland is helping out uh, Kelly with her arm and asking her like, do you know what happened to my daughter? And, and she's like, no, there's no sign of her. When he thinks like Robert is dead, which means for sure she is dead. And he goes out into the corridor and collapses, falls to pieces and she's there to 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 comfort him, I guess. That, that, that is something that, that I, I'm fond of remembering, and I really like that that uh, relationship. And and um, I would like to see where it progresses. Let's get to know the stars of the Ark and find out what they would do if they got a chance to go to space. If I boarded the Ark, uh, I would probably miss my PlayStation Five. <laughs> I think I would miss miss the ocean the most. It's very healing animals nature like grass and trees and wide open spaces i think i would feel you know really claustrophobic knowing that i wouldn't see that again books and comic books and i mean the in general like you know the art i'd miss the opportunity to meet new people the opportunity to learn from new people well i guess the people that i love i think that would be the the most important and tomatoes but apparently we can grow tomatoes here, so it's fine. I would miss most about Earth if I was genuinely on the Ark. Um, the same things I miss when we're doing a long day shooting, which would be sunshine and the outdoors, because obviously this is all enclosed, so we never are on location, we're always in the same place, which is brilliant from a certain point of view, because A, it's a closed environment and we can get through so much, it's amazing we don't have to travel. However, on a long shoot day when we're in controlled lighting and you know it's like 30 degrees, beautiful weather where we're filming. And uh, some days you arrive and it's dark and you leave and it's dark. And I'm, so I, I'm like, yeah, I would miss the sunshine. The idea of not being able to go outside is, uh, yeah, it's pretty rubbish. Yeah, I'd miss my friends. I mean, I miss my friends and family now, do you know what I mean? Being away from them. Um, so probably that. Just like sitting outside on a warm day with like the sun shining on your face. I think also having like lots of space to run around. My family and friends for sure. Um, home food. I would massively miss Sri Lanka, just the sight and the sights and smells of home for sure. But I mean, I think if, if you were to potentially never see Earth again, I think there's, you would miss absolutely everything about it. Like even the things that we take for granted now, when you're just walking down the street, you would miss all of that. You know? What uh, planet would you want to visit? Mm. Maybe Proxima B, because it's really a planet. Or Ross 128B, because that's really a planet too. Or the moon. I just would love to go to the moon. Yeah. 
check it out, steal a rock. Coruscant from Star Wars, that would be my plan. I like Earth, what's wrong with Earth? <laughs> no, no, you can stay here, yeah. you can stay. I'll stay. All right, cool. Thought about this, makes no sense to visit anyone than we're on, right? You've got, oh, go to Jupiter where the gravity is gonna crush you instantly under your own weight. No, don't wanna go there, sounds rubbish. I'll stay here, thanks. <laughs> I weigh a normal amount, and I'm not gonna get crushed. Oh, go to Mercury where it like spits fire from the sky. Nope, don't want to go there. I'll stay here. <laughs> I just want birds, trees, lakes, valleys. It works for me. Okay. You know, let someone else go figure it out. Elon Musk, when he's got, <laughs> when there's a nice leisure center on Mars and a Hilton, we can go there. I mean, if I was going to pick a planet, I feel like I have to say Jupiter just because that's what like the eight-year-old version of me would have wanted me to say. Because mm. that was my favorite when I was a kid and we were learning about planets. <laughs> Uh, probably Mars. I think Mars is the only planet that won't kill you at the moment. <laughs> okay. So maybe Mars. Would you want to be in cryo sleep for the trip or stay awake? Oh, stay awake. Really? Yeah. Okay. Only because it's like, if we're going to do it, let's do it. Are you the person who watches the plane take off out the window? Yeah. Okay. If I'm sitting in the window seat, which is rare, I like an aisle. Mm. Cryo. Because oh. as my character says, you don't age a day. I'm gonna go with no cryo <laughs> Okay. So it'd be cool to see like the takeoff, to see like you know, to see the uh, passing by like you know planets and meteor. You know what I mean? That'd be like look out the window. Yeah. I've never been to space. <laughs> I don't want to miss it. But it feels a bit like a general anaesthetic. That I don't like the idea of being inanimate when think. I think I'd, I'd prefer to be awake. So at least I'd be maybe able to help or just <laughs> panic. Cryo sleep. I think being awake sounds stressful. I'm not sure. I do love sleep. Hmm. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. As Stacy, I would say cryo sleep because I would easily get bored of my environment. Hmm. Yeah. So the less time I've seen the same walls, the better. Which fictional space crew would you want to hang out with? Oh, like Hitchhiker's Guide to Galaxy. Or like space balls. Something really fun. Um, the Star Wars crew. Captain Rex, Anakin, Ahsoka, Commander Cody, them lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's got to be Patrick Stewart, hasn't it? He's the Don. It's the old, the like the the original. Yeah. It's got to be. And also, any situation, you're like, listen, Pat. <laughs> what do we do here? You, you and him are on a first name, nickname basis? We would be, because we'd be living together. Sure. So we've got to suspend this okay, for a second, okay. right? So it'd be like, P, P Doc. <laughs> Where, what are we going to do now? We've got a comment coming towards us, and he'd be like, don't worry. <laughs> I like the idea that Sir Patrick Stewart, yeah. you're calling P Dog. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. He doesn't mind. He asked me, he said, it, the surfing makes him feel awkward, so I was like, no worries. Okay. We'll see <laughs> Does it have to be from like a science fiction? Because I would say Harry Potter, and that's not science fiction. They're not a space crew. I guess, but I feel like they'd make a good space crew. Hermione Granger's like our Alicia and Nevins. Yeah, and like Angus is Neville Longbottom. Like there's some, I don't know, I just love Harry Potter. I've loved Harry Potter since I was a kid. So that, like when you say like a crew, I'm like, mm. I recently finished watching Obi-Wan Kenobi. So that kind of got me in the mood of like Star Wars. Um, it it's between Star Wars or like Doctor Who, right. because I would definitely love to like be in Doctor Who world universe in the TARDIS, hanging out with the Doctor or being the Doctor. Um. <laughs> um, what fictional spaceship would you want to take for a joyride? TARDIS. 
all Doctor Who now. It's called a banshee from Halo, and it's like you like <laughs> you like lay down in it, and it has like guns, and it can like boost and stuff like that. Um, they look sick. They look super funky as well. So probably a banshee from Halo. <sighs> Maybe Buzz Light is. Oh. I don't know, it looks fun, doesn't it? It just looks like a little fun... If that was, like, life-sized, right. that looks the most fun to me. Usually they look a bit scary. See what I mean? They're, like, all black and black, whereas this has, like, got lights. Just think that one would be fun. Uh, does the TARDIS from Doctor Who count? Absolutely. Okay, that's what I would say. What would your dream job be on a spaceship? My dream job is not the job that I'd be very good at, because mm. I don't know anything about being a pilot, but I think driving the shuttle would be amazing. I'd probably like to, like man a turret or something, do you know what I mean? Like, do you know what I mean? That'd be pretty cool. And that would mean I'd only need to do it if we're in danger, right? right? Hopefully not too often, but yeah, I think it'd be cool to, you know? That's smart. Or I could just be the person that like goes and holds people's hands when they cry in their bunks. <laughs> I don't know, that's honestly, I can't think of anything else. I'd be terrible at all the other jobs. See, I, I know that I'm not very technical myself. I'm terrible when it comes to computers, uh, so, I, I like plants. I could look after the plants. Okay. <laughs> I want to be cat. Yeah. On the ship. I just want to be the like civilian who's like staring out off into space writing a poem. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. I, like, I know exactly what you, you mean. You know, like I just want to be like easy breezy, maybe once in a while come in, rescue a couple people. <laughs> But only if I want to. And it'd be like a secret talent. No one would know that I was like capable of that. Yeah. You know? Because then they'd expect it. Then they'd expect it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I just like come in and like do a couple flips and save the day. Yeah. And then everyone's like, who was that? But I disappear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to travel on this Winnebago with you. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. We're posting photos from the Ark on our Instagram every week, and we want to see you caption them with clever comments. If we like what you have to say, we might feature it here on the show. So check us out every week at After the Ark. Thank you so much for joining us here at After the Arc, the official after show for The Arc. If you want to keep the conversation going, give us a follow on Instagram at After the Arc. Until next time, I'm Yell Teagle. I'm Adrian Snow. And we'll see you next week. 